Hey guys, I'm Terry Holland, trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and master trainer of timeline therapy. So let's talk about some things today. I want to talk about thinking outside of the box. How do we begin to think differently right now? Now, I'm seeing a lot, a lot of opinions on social media, and some of them are very founded in, um, you know, in research and fact, and they're well thought out and constructed, and other opinions are just that. They're just opinions. So this reminds me of when I was in grade 12 English, my teacher, Mrs. Smither, or Miss Smither, I think it was Miss Smither, she... Well, first of all, she absolutely terrified me. In fact, she, uh, she's, yeah, she, this woman terrified me because she was, she was powerful. Like this was one of the most powerful women I had ever met, uh, especially at that point in my life. She was strong. She was smart. She was incredibly well educated. And I remember one day in class, we were doing some analysis on a piece of literature that we had read. And this girl in my class, and you know, I, I got to wonder what happened to this girl and how this event maybe changed her thinking. But she put up her hand and, and she offered an opinion. And Miss Smither looked down her glasses at her. That's what she would do. She would literally like look down her nose over her glasses. And she said, and where did you get that idea? And she said, well, it's just my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. And I can't remember what it was or what the, what the piece of literature was, but it was, it had nothing to do with anything we had written. There was zero evidence in this story for what this girl had proposed. And Miss Smither said to her, you're wrong. You are not entitled to an opinion. You are entitled to a critically thought out opinion. You are not entitled to an opinion. And that's always stuck with me throughout my life. And it's no wonder now that I am hugely interested in the field of NLP, how we think, how we communicate, and in critical thinking. So here's what we see today. This is what I see happening a lot. And it's not, this isn't a new thing. This isn't about what's happening in the world, our current situation. This is not a new concept. In NLP, we call this a double bind. So here's what happens. Uh, we have on one end, you are presented, I hope you guys can see that, my little smiley face, you're presented with a, a truth, an idea, a version of reality that is the acceptable version of reality. So you're given one way of looking at a situation, and this is the accepted truth. This is what will be reported in the mainstream media. This is what you're told. If you believe this, you are okay. So this is the happy face because this one is, if you believe this, that's acceptable. And then on the other end, we have the opposite extreme. Now it's only a sad face because if, if you believe this, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. That's the version we're told. Oh, by the way, as you guys are coming on, as you're watching, say hello, leave me a little comment. Let me know that you're there and that you're watching. And if you have any questions during this, please feel free to reach out. So we have on one side, accepted truth. This is what you're allowed to believe. And on the other opposite extreme, we have unaccepted truth. So this, on this viewpoint, if you believe this, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. So we're presented with two options. One is socially desirable and accepted. One is not socially desirable or accepted. 
Now, what happens is when the mind is given two things, right, it's A or it's B. In sales, you'll hear this as, would you like red or would you like it in black? Would you like it delivered or would you like to pick up? And what this presupposes linguistically is that you will choose one option. So you're given choice A or choice B and your mind then has to choose. What this does is it puts the mind in a box. And here's my, I should have made it, oh, maybe I'll go this way, okay. Here's my box. So now the mind is in a box because it's been given parameters. You either believe A or you believe B. And a mind in a box cannot see anything outside the box. So now the mind becomes trapped. In the nervous system, this actually creates boundaries neurologically in the nervous system. And you can't conceive of anything outside of this. In fact, there's my buddy Rufus. And Milton Erickson, famous hypnotherapist, godfather of uh, the grandfather of modern hypnotherapy, said, allow yourself to see that which you don't allow yourself to see. When the mind is trapped between these constraints, you can't see all there is to see. So here's where we are. So we have a, here's what you're told is acceptable truth. Here's what you're told is not acceptable. And what I'm seeing is people, both ends of this spectrum, fighting over this is right, no, this is right, and uh, and then shaming the other viewpoint. Now, here's what, I hope you guys are with me so far. Here's what I came across today. When it comes to conspiracy theories, the sort of the big picture view of a conspiracy theory, what people sort of conceive of it is, you know, the tinfoil hat wearing person, the conspiracy theory. Um, someone who believes in that stuff. Now, here's, I think, why conspiracy theories are important and they play an important part of our dialogue is that we have to, we have to be able to think of all the possibilities. So the moment we shut down conversation and we say, no, you cannot, you cannot believe this, you cannot talk about this, you must not even look at this one because this is not the accepted, the accepted conversation that we're having. So once we're over here and this is no longer accepted, then this, right? So you can't, can't even look at it. So we're, you know, it's sort of almost a forced choice of, well, this is the only acceptable version. Now we have people who are arguing. So it's important that we are able to talk about conspiracy theories, that we're able to think outside, that we're able to think outside this box and think about all the possibilities because the truth is what we're not shown. So we're shown this is acceptable, this version is not acceptable, and the reality is that in between there is a whole spectrum, hope you can see that, a whole spectrum of what is possible. And, and this is like a limited little view, but this goes off in every possible, possible direction, right? This is like, reality is three-dimensional, multi-dimensional, not even three-dimensional. So there are multiple, there is like an infinite potential for what is possible. And then we can narrow that scope into, well, what it, what is plausible? So if it's possible, but is it, is it plausible? Is it probable? Is it, does it make any logical sense? And here's where we get into critical thinking. But the problem is that the moment we say you cannot even look here, don't even look here, we shut down conversation and then the mind is in a box and it's, uh, the mind is, you know, maybe over here, but in a box. But the same thing happens if we're on this side of the spectrum and we're on the non-desirable belief side. 
Um, not saying this is wrong, by the way. Maybe I shouldn't have done a sad face, but that's because of that's how, you know, whatever. It's, it's just a symbol. So if we're on this side of it and say, well, you can't possibly believe this side, and we close our minds off over here to what is possible outside of this, it's the same thing. And this is what I want people to start to get. As soon as you are stuck on one viewpoint, your mind is here and you can't see anything else. And then we get into these ridiculous Facebook arguments of people like, and we see this in uh, your pro-vax or your anti-vax. Well, what else is possible maybe in between? Or you are, you know, you're, you're for uh, regulation, gun control regulation, you're against it. You are, you believe in UFOs or you don't believe in UFOs, whatever it is. There's these extreme polarizing views and it's all the same thing. What I want you guys to understand is that it's a double bind. You're told, look here or look here. One's acceptable, one's not acceptable in terms of how society views it. And the moment you get stuck on either position, you're still not thinking critically. You're still stuck in these parameters of what you're allowed to think and see. And critical thinking allows us to look what's outside of that box. What else is possible? Kathy, my mind is so trapped. I have to do a vivid, vis uh, vivid vision for an assignment. And I keep holding myself back from even just doing that assignment. Kathy, do the assignment. <laughs> anyway, just do it. So, Here's, here's where critical thinking comes into play. Critical thinking is based of three things, and the Greeks called this the trivium method. There was grammar. Grammar is the, the foundation of critical thinking. It is the foundation of logic. And most people today have no concept of grammar or the structure of our language, and that is how we communicate. That is the basis of how we communicate complex ideas. Grammar, and this is what I teach in the NLP practitioner training, we teach grammar. So what is the structure of language? How is our language formed? What can we presuppose by someone else's communication? A presupposition is uh, in plain English. Uh, NLP is very jargonistic, but in plain English, a presupposition is a convenient assumption. So what can we what can we begin to assume based on someone else's communication? What questions do we have to ask to unlock maybe what is hidden in their communication? So what's not being communicated? What are we missing? Where's the missing information? And, and this is the ability to begin to discern what someone says and be able to look at, well, what, what does it mean? What does that actually mean? So that is grammar. And the grammar that we're taught in schools, that is not, I mean, that, that's a version of grammar, but that is not really the full spectrum of grammar. It is a rich world grammar. And what we're taught is a very watered down, limited view. So then we have logic. Once you understand grammar, the foundational pieces of language, then we get logic. So how do we take that language? We form complex ideas where we can see things in multidimensional viewpoints and we can Think of complex issues in different ways. We can think outside of this box and we can begin to understand viewpoints that are different. You see, the thing is we can take a problem then and we can look at it from all angles of what, what is this problem and what does it mean? And then we can begin to solve the problem much differently. And then after logic, we have rhetoric, which is how do we then communicate these 
complex ideas? How do we argue different viewpoints that maybe we don't even agree with? How do you how do you argue an opposing view that might not even be yours? How do you communicate complex ideas and concepts in a way that it becomes understood? So that becomes that is the trivium and that is the foundation of critical thinking. And most people are not taught to think this way. In fact, outside of like very elite um, educational institutes and, and NLP, I'm not sure where it's actually taught. It may, it may be, but I don't know. So, so here's the recap. When we are presented with two views, and this is what, this happens all the time. It's not just what's going on in the world today, where this is the acceptable, society accepts this viewpoint. This is the one that the media tells you. This is the one, this is the opposite end of the spectrum, the farthest extreme from this viewpoint. And these become in opposition and your mind becomes split and you have to choose. You believe this or this, but in between there is a whole spectrum of possibility. And it's important that we can have conversations that explore this full spectrum, but from a place of logic and looking at things critically and understanding what is being communicated, how is it being communicated, for what purpose is it being communicated, who says these things. We're, this is a very, I mean, we're in a very unique situation that we've never experienced before, and also in a very unique point in history where we have access to so much information, and we are able to share information, and it's important to look at the things that are coming to you with this discernment of, is this true? Is it valid? Is it possible? Is it plausible? And then when you are sharing information back to think about again, is this, is this true? Is there any truth in it? Is it plausible? Is it possible? Is it, is there any possible way that this is correct? And the moment, and here's the, here's the other thing that I'm, I'm seeing is like all these conversations of, um, you know, this, on this conspiracy theory side of it is like, well, if you, if you believe this, if you believe this, um, then you're woke, you're woke, you get it, you understand you're, you're an enlightened being, but you're, you're, I'm sorry, but you are not woke. If you can't even look at this opposing view with any sort of understanding and even try that on. See, in NLP, we say respect the other person's model of the world. Every person has their own unique model of the world. There are, we are coming up on 8 billion people on this planet. We might be there already. I haven't looked. But 8 billion people. And each person has their own unique model of the world. So what that means is they have their own unique memories, their experiences, their beliefs, their attitudes, their the, the environment they grew up in, the family, all of this everything, their values shapes their model of the world, how their worldview, how they see everything. And to give you an idea of how different someone else's model would be, if we could plunk you out of your model of the world and drop you into someone else's, you wouldn't even know where you were anymore. So we are like 8 billion worlds coexisting on one planet and then we wonder why do we have communication issues and we keep butting heads and fighting? Well, because each person's coming from their own model of the world. So in NLP, we say respect the other person's model of the world, which is a, a presupposition of NLP. It doesn't mean that you have to accept it. It doesn't mean that you have to buy into it or believe it, but it's like you just, 
you try it on and you go, hmm, okay, so if I, if I try on that model and if I were that person in those circumstances with their understanding of the world, their views, their belief system, everything, would, you know, would that make sense? Does that make sense? Or taking the extreme opposite view and going, okay, well, so I believe this, but what if, if I, if I try on that person's model of the world and I think about, okay, so if I were that person with their experience, their knowledge, their understanding, their language, their memories, their upbringing, their age, everything, does that make sense to me? And then looking again at that whole spectrum of what is possible in between, because there is an infinite potential of what is possible. Doesn't mean they're all plausible, but they're possible. So looking at this whole thing multidimensionally. So if someone comes at you and they have an opposing view, the first thing that I see people doing is they want to fight to defend, nope, this is my view. And what's actually happening, so this mind is in a box. I really should have made this bigger. And it's something is pushing up against the boundaries of this and it's challenging these boundaries. And then people want to fight to defend this. No, this is, these are my boundaries. This, this is my, this is my limited viewpoint and I'm going to keep it. And you become stuck on your position. Now in NLP, another one of our presuppositions in NLP is the person or the system with the most flexibility of behavior controls the system. So the people who are going to thrive in all of this and really, um, really have the greatest potential are the people who are able to see outside of the box to try on these different models of the world and go, hmm, what, what do I think is actually true? Where are we? And be able to look at this from multi-dimensional perspectives of what is going on and really what is going on and can listen to different viewpoints. And a person who is flexible in their thought that way is a person who has the greatest chance of success in all aspects of life. So Tammy, love this. So much good stuff. Oh, thank you, Tammy. I hope this is, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. And, and as someone who has taken the NLP training, I'm sure that this is you know, getting you in a whole other level too. So this is why it's so important that we can think outside the box, that we stop fighting for our beliefs because just because you believe something doesn't mean it's true. I'm going to say that again, because I think it's really important that just because you believe something doesn't mean that it's true. And this is why I am so passionate about all the work I do within neuro-linguistic programming and within timeline therapy and within hypnotherapy is it's really about teaching people how to think differently, how to think outside that box, how to get out of your own way so that you could have the success you want in business, the health you want, the relationships you want, the lifestyle you want. And so that you become unshakable when all of this stuff is happening out in the world that you can look at it from a different perspective and go, what is really going on? Be able to ask the questions and asking questions determines how, how determines your thinking. It's, I believe it was Tony Robbins who said the quality of my questions determines the quality of my thoughts. I'm paraphrasing that one, but you get the idea that the quality of the questions we ask determines the quality of the thoughts we can think. And I want to leave you with one more thought, something to ponder. And, and that is something that um, Ludwig Wittgenstein said. 
And that is the, and I think I'm paraphrasing here, but look up the exact quote, is that the limits of my language equals the limits of my world. So that which we cannot think, we cannot, or that which we cannot speak, we cannot think. So when we say, when we shut down conversations and say, no, you cannot think of this crazy um, off the wall conspiracy theory, we can't even have that conversation. If we can't talk about it, we can no longer think it. If we can't share those ideas with another person, if we can't have the conversation, we can't share the thought. And then our mind, that's, that's where those boundaries in our minds come from. And we become, the mind becomes trapped in a box. So it's important that we're able to talk about every possible extreme viewpoint, but understanding that it doesn't make it true. Just because you read someone say it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you read a book on it doesn't mean it's true. Just it, it's the ability to ask questions and think critically about all of this. Now, an open mind means that you're able to look at all of these viewpoints and then discern what what is the truth one, what is true and being flexible to be able to see other possibilities that are out there. So I hope that this was useful. Um, I hope this was useful. I hope this was of value. If you want to learn more about the trainings that I offer and be able to think differently in your life so that you become absolutely unshakable by all this crap, uh, check out my website. Go to terryholland.ca. I'm offering an NLP online training right now, which will give you some incredible tools from neuro-linguistic programming to begin changing your thinking, changing your life, and getting different results in all levels. So I hope this was of value. I hope you liked this video. If you have any questions, reach out anytime. I'm always happy to discuss this stuff with people. And uh, thank you for watching. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Bye for now.